Well, thank you, Izzy, and uh, good morning, everyone. Or if you're listening to this, watching this as a recording, then uh, good afternoon or good evening or whatever. Um, you don't need me to tell you that the world is a very different place today than it was even a week or two ago. From lockdowns and school closures to travel restrictions and self-isolation, the impact on us all is enormous. Politicians are busy passing measures to limit the spread of the coronavirus. Medical staff are working flat, flat out to treat the sick. Scientists are on a mission to develop a vaccine. And we're all trying to work out how to survive, let alone flourish, in this strange new world. It seems a very odd time to be talking about self-sufficiency. If this pandemic is telling us anything, Surely it's telling us that we are not self-sufficient. We are not masters of our fate. We are not captains of our own souls. We are weak, needy, vulnerable creatures. And yet I do want to talk about self-sufficiency this morning. Not about ours, but God's. It's a part of a series of messages we're doing here at Holy Trinity under the heading, None Like him, none like God. And although the series was planned before anyone had ever heard of COVID-19, I actually don't think there could have been a more timely uh, message or series of messages, even if we'd seen it coming. I hope you'll agree. There are two things I'd like to say to you from scripture. And in fact, I want to share a lot of scripture with you this morning. I want scripture very much to speak for itself and for me not to get too much in the way. But the two things from scripture I want to share with you this morning are these, that God is self-sufficient. Then secondly, that God's self-sufficiency is the reason why he is all sufficient for our needs. First of all, then, God is self-sufficient. This means that God lacks nothing and wants for nothing. He doesn't need our help or our advice. God never needs to apologize for anything. God is never uncertain or unknowing or in doubt. This is very clearly stated in the uh, passage from Psalm 50 that uh, Izzy read to us a few moments ago. This, this psalm is unusual in that in this psalm, instead of God's people speaking to him, as is usual, for most of the psalm, God is speaking to his people. And one of the things he says, this is Psalm 15, verse 12, is, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine and all that is in it. Turning to the New Testament we find an equally powerful statement of God's self-sufficiency. In Acts chapter 17, Paul, the apostle, finds himself in the great city of Athens. And he says this to those listening. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands, and he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. 
But let me now just take this theme of God's self-sufficiency, having stated it from both the Old and the New Testaments, and treat it a bit like um, a chocolate orange and tap it and see what some of the segments of this might look like. Here we go. First, God is self-sufficient in his power. Even the fastest runners, the highest jumpers, the strongest weightlifters have severe limits on what they can achieve. But God has no such limits. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Or think back to the opening wonderful statements at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1. God spoke and it was done. God is self-sufficient in his power. Second, God is self-sufficient in his thought. We ourselves do not know a fraction of a quarter of a percent about anything. We are all ignorant, as it's been said. We're all ignorant, only on different subjects. But both Old and New Testaments, Isaiah 40, and echoed in Romans chapter 11, asks this. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? God is self-sufficient in his thought. Thirdly, God is self-sufficient in his life. What is your life? Asks James in chapter 4 and verse 14. You are a mist that appears for a short while and then vanishes. But God is the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 16. God is self-sufficient in his life. God is self-sufficient in his relationships. Our relationships come and go. They blow hot and cold, don't they? They have their delights and their disappointments, their makeups and their breakups. But God finds complete satisfaction in his own three-in-oneness. The Lord Jesus, at his baptism, at the outset of his public ministry, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and a voice from heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The whole Trinity working together in utter joy. And this was a relationship which, as John's gospel teaches us more than once, they had enjoyed together before the world began, before you and I ever put in our existence, uh, our appearance. God is self-sufficient in his, in his relationships, complete in himself. But now, fifthly, God is self-sufficient in his happiness. We are dependent, aren't we, for our happiness on people and things outside of ourselves and outside of our own control. So our own happiness often seems as fleeting as shafts of sunlight on a stormy day. But the apostle can write, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11, of the gospel, the good news of the glory of the blessed God. God is forever blessed. He is forever happy in himself. 
never miserable, never down in the dumps. Excuse me one moment. So I think we've said enough just to establish this idea from Scripture that God is self-sufficient. But now I move on to my the second part of my theme. Because God is self-sufficient, God is all-sufficient. Because he is self-sufficient in himself, he is all-sufficient for our needs. Let me take you back again to Acts 17 and verse 24 and 25, what Paul, the apostle, was saying in the city of Athens. He said, because I didn't quite complete what I needed to quote from that chapter. It goes like this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. But now Paul goes on to say, because he himself gives all people life and breath and everything else. Do you see the connection? Because God is self-sufficient. Therefore, he is all-sufficient. Because God is so full of life in himself, that life overflows from him. It radiates from him. Again, let me break this down into a few of its component parts. First, God is all-sufficient in his love. For us, Love is so often called, for, called forth by something attractive, something lovely in the other person. But God explains his love for his people like this in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 and following. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you more, were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all nations. But it was because the Lord loved you. Do you see what is being said here? The Lord loves you because he loves you. And there's nothing more can be said about it. God loves you. God loves his people because he wants to. And this is wonderfully liberating, is it not? God does not love people out of any sense of obligation or because he finds us lovable. And so there is nothing you can ever do that could make God love you more or that could make God love you less than he does right now. God is all sufficient in his love. Second, God is all sufficient in his gift. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes, he became poor. Do you see what he's saying? Christ, out of his own self-sufficiency, has now become all-sufficient. So that you, Paul goes on to say, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Am I speaking to somebody this morning who is still on the outside of faith in Jesus Christ, still looking in? Am I perhaps speaking to somebody who's recently attended our Discover course and I think had to miss the very last ses session? 
Have you come close to the point, may I ask you, to receive the gift that God offers you in Jesus Christ? What more could God have done to bring you back to himself than what he has done? Give the greatest gift of all, his own self in the person of his son. What is stopping you from receiving his all-sufficient gift here and now, wherever you are? God is all-sufficient in his gift. Thirdly, God is all-sufficient in his presence. Just now, there are many places we cannot visit, many people we must keep away from, even our own mothers and grandmothers. But God is not confined to any particular time or place. Stephen, that wonderful man who, at the point of being stoned to death for his testimony to the Lord Jesus and to the truth of God, Peter, uh, Stephen, excuse me, pre-echoes what Paul would later say in Acts 17, and I'm now reading from Acts 7 and verse 48, when Stephen says, the Most High does not live in houses made by men. There is no place where God cannot be known. There is no corner so remote that prayers cannot be offered to him. There is no isolation so lonely that God cannot be present to bless you. God is all-sufficient in his presence. Fourthly, God is all-sufficient in his compassion. Isaiah 49 and verse 15 poses a question which the poet and hymn writer William Cowper or Cooper puts like this. Can a woman's tender care cease toward the child she bear? Now, my dear late mother knew that hymn well, and when she heard that question being asked, her, her knee-jerk response was, no, surely a mother could never see, uh, her tender care could never cease toward one of her own children. But of course, scripture and poet were both right. Can a woman's tender care cease toward the child she bear? Yes, even she may forgetful be. Yet, says the Lord to his people who have forgotten him, yet, says the Lord, I will remember thee. Can a woman's tender care cease toward the child she bear? Yes, she may forgetful be. Yet, says the Lord, I will remember Thee. The most caring of health workers, carers, and even mothers may experience compassion fatigue, but the Lord's compassions never fail. Lamentations 3, verse 22. And I finally, on this second point, God is all sufficient in his grace. The Apostle Paul knew more trials and troubles than most. Among many other things, there was his, what he called his thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, he says, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But the Lord said to me, my grace is 
sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Brothers and sisters, what will it take for us to rediscover this truth for ourselves? We have a great opportunity, a great reminder, a great prompting just now to look to God and his all-sufficient grace. Two quick points in conclusion. It's difficult to know, isn't it, quite how to pray at a time like this. I'd like to suggest to you two prayers which are not difficult to offer to God, which God loves to hear, and which I believe God loves to answer. And they are both life-changing prayers, if we will pray them. And the first is this, Lord, change me. The coming days and weeks and months will make many demands on us all. Let's use the present crisis as a wake-up call. Let's give up our proud claims of independence, our boasts of self-sufficiency, Let's lift up our eyes to our all-sufficient God. And then let's return again to the challenges and opportunities before us with this new perspective, with a fresh generosity of spirit and with renewed hope. Lord, change me. And then secondly, we can offer this prayer. Lord, use me. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says... God is able to make all grace to abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all all that you need, you will abound in every good work. If everything that we have and are is a gift from our all-sufficient God, let us hold on to those things lightly. As our Lord Jesus himself said, freely we have received, freely give. May our all-sufficient God be known and loved and served now as never before. Amen.